Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks uh, that we have this chance to talk about you. But God, guide us that we may be faithful in our task. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, uh, the podcast where we do at least largely what we claim to do, which is talk about Scripture um, here in the forever-evolving Studio B. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock. With me as ever is... Sister Brandy Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchum. And on the ones and twos... Brother Stacy Tyler. Yes, welcome back, Stacy. It is good to have you welcome back. back. Um, for those of you who watched the live... The video version um, over on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, you can notice we've, we've upgraded even more. We got rid of the big bulky mic screens. Now we have nice slimline mic stream. Um, you can mic see us so you, can, you still don't hear the pop of like P's and S's, um, but you can see more of our faces. Uh, that's particularly good on the producer's desk uh, mic where, because I, you know, that's, that's a shot that I share with, that I share with Stacy uh, for different things. And yeah, it was you know, those actually, if anyone needs uh, some of the, our old pop filters, I'm not keeping them. So if anyone wants a pop, anyone with us live pop wants a pop filter, filter uh, either let me know if you're pop, here, if pop, you're a cast filter. member, pop. let me know after the show. And if you're live with us now, just post the chat. I want a pop filter and we'll hit and you. We'll hit you on. We will hook you up. Because I don't need... Pop filters are us. I, I, I store entirely too much audio garbage here in this room without uh, three extra Can pop filters. electronic junkie? Well, it, you know, look, my my tendencies towards hoarding uh, massive amounts of electronics held us in really good stead over the past 12 months, over the past 18 months, where at one no point doubt. I had four of my computers deployed in different locations to help folks stream during the pandemic. Oh, so, yeah. I'm, uh, hey, I'm not complaining. How many times have I called you up and go, hey, I need right well you know if anyone's ever toured the studio it, it is it's you know there's a reason why I joke about my spouse living in a radio shack right. it's um, the Comstock home of wayward electronics yeah I've been running I used to run the Comstock home for wayward millennials um, and now I'm running the Comstock home for wayward actually I've always been doing that you should see what the the upstairs my parents house used to live before <laughs> looked like before I moved out um, it was you know 20 years worth of I think my Apple IIe is still up there oh, wow. uh, there was computers of various vintages from the early 80s through to the early 2000s um, and just parts everywhere. I think they're still finding hey, parts. I'm, I'm looking at a Commodore 64. Yeah, my right Commodore there. 64 is visible, but that's like a collector's eye. That is not, wasn't still. mine. Um, there's also an Atari a 400 and a mm. Famicom and a Super Famicom and a Super Nintendo. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff in here. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, before we start, I want to uh, out there everybody that was worried about me. I'm fully vaxxed. Congratulations! Yay. Finally, yes. Fully vaxxed, yes. Good. Now get off my train. Yeah, sure. Now get off your case, and now you you stand a chance against the Delta variant, yeah. um, which is in Anderson County. Uh, we have um, I have confirmed I cases that. in churches, in churches in our various connection that uh, there are let's, cases. Let's keep our prayers up. For that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so our scripture this evening is Genesis chapter one through Genesis chapter two, uh, verse three. Um, and why this is is this is the creation story, mm-hmm. and who I I always joke whoever. Um, did because okay the verse numbering important fact verse numbering verse uh, um, chapter and verse are not were not there by the original authors they were yeah. added in the Middle Ages 
This isn't like the people initially writing the Bible added the chapters and verses. No, no, no. This is this is after the fact of the original author. Very important Uh, because I can say they messed up. They messed up Genesis one because the first the the first story of creation, um, the 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 headline story, the in begin in the beginning story runs into chapter two and then chapter most of chapter two is the story of adam and eve and the garden and the tree and all this stuff right um and so there's like a real clear chap what would feel like a really natural chapter break but that chapter break happens at chapter two verse three they've just messed our uh, chapter two verse four because then chapter two verse five picks up with the story of adam and eve and that is absolute nonsense um it doesn't it, it is not like any logical way of doing this and so uh anyways that's why why, why is it spill over another chapter because you you don't finish the story that co- more it's over like, more than likely what happened you know that, that happened back when they were still having to hand write yes. out all of this and more so worried of keeping with the scripture they're worried about when the break for the next scribe to take over was right yeah, yeah. I mean, it could like, be a scribal I'm, error I'm or it I'm could be or it could be they're trying to make a point night but and I disagree with the point they're trying to make but yeah. either ways it makes no sense anyways I give you now uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 through Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 mm-hmm. what what I think of as the first chapter of Genesis <laughs> in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth The earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth. And he called the waters that gathered together, he called seas, and he saw that it was good. Then he said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit of the fruit of trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with seed in it. And it was so the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds of every kind and the trees of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and morning and there was morning the third day. And God said, let the lights in the dome of the sky to separate from the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for the days and years and let them, let them be lights, let, let the, should be let there as a typo. Anyways, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome in the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. 
And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm, and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, the cattle and the creeping things, and the wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that crawls upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over living, every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps upon the earth, everything that has, has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it, was so. God saw everything that he had made. Indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude, and on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. Okay, so a couple things. One, the bit that doesn't make the cut if you only read chapter one is the Sabbath, which makes no sense, right? <laughs> Why is it the Sabbath and then the story of Adam and Eve? Those two things don't fit in the same chapter. And this is extremely repetitive, like extremely repetitive. The story of creation has like rhythm to it, right? But it's driven by repetition, right? It is. There was evening. There was morning. The X day. There was evening. There was morning. And like the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and everything that creeps. The fish of the sea and the birds of the air and everything that creeps, right? There's like this super repetitive thing that like this is part of why we read the whole creation story, right? I probably could have made my point that I want for the scripture and summer Mm -hmm. of rock and all of that if we just did a subset of it. But you don't realize how darn repetitive it is. Um, unless you read the whole thing. But that repetition is in some ways part of the point. Um, this is an artistic choice. This is where we have to think about what is what is good in Hebrew poetry versus what is good in English poetry, right? Hebrew poetry, repetitive on purpose. Yeah. Um, Hebrew poetry, the beauty is in repetition. Um, the, you know, this is, if you read the Psalms, they often repeat themselves mm-hmm. that or repeat themselves slightly differently. Um, that is what was considered high art in Hebrew poetry. And that is, so part of this is, it is a poem. It is not prose, right? That's the other thing is chapter one is, po- is poetry. Chapter two of Genesis is prose. Um, this is all poetry. Uh, and it is, but the, even that it is a poem and even that it is good Hebrew poetry and even that it is super repetitive, the point is that God created an orderly creation. That God took what was chaos, the chaotic water, and God formed something that is 
orderly, and that's what made it good, that God struck, well-structured the world. And so that, that like, this is where form and function, the function that the author, um, the priestly author, who kind of does a lot of the assembly work of Genesis, the priestly author is trying to get across to you is God built an orderly creation. Some of it is in the words that they say, but also some of it is how they structured this as a super orderly poem with, like, this rhythm and this repetition. You know, it's uh, just just amazing listening to the way it goes, the way there's this happened and this happened, and it all seems all logical. And I was listening to that, and I was thinking of the beauty of it, and then my silly little brain kicked in, and 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 I jumped ahead as you were talking about creating the dome or the the above, and I, I clicked ahead to Noah when it first starts raining yeah. and all of that, and realized God is the original creator of the Thunderdome. Right. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Mad Max. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and and all of this is really. I mean, as I was reading and thinking that we're talking about creation t- today, uh, I, I remembered a student uh, several years back that was that asked me, ironically, if I thought there were other life in in the world and all that, because you know, on other planets and stuff. Because he he said, you know, because there's so much out there and in our world and all the universe and all that, that it, it seems like it's a bit of an overkill if it's just for us. Sure. And, and I thought, yeah, but that's how God does. Because when we look at all of that and, and whether there is or isn't is, is not the point, but when we look at all that has been created and the immenseness of it, and then we come back and we look at ourselves and we start realizing how truly insignificant we are in comparison to yeah. the almighty God, which just paints how much more amazing it is that he takes the time right to love and come into our lives right well you know so we were watching a show last night uh about the the universe and uh so the guy was talking about like what can we see beyond our you know where the hubble has gone you know sure which is Hubble's seen further than anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the guy even had to admit himself. He was like, you know, it's it's infinity, 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 infinity. Uh-huh. I mean, that just shows you. I mean, the power of God. I mean, because I, I, I believe wholeheartedly that science and me and Trey talked about this before me is that science and 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 God go hand in hand, and that's there's an explanation. Some of the scientists don't want to see it. They don't want to look at that. But there is that there. I think there really is kind of a, a marriage there, of of you know, everybody sits and thinks about well, we got a theory for this and a theory for that and whatever, trying to figure it out. Uh, try opening up your Bible. <laughs> well, it's one of those. I think science and religion cover two different ends of a thing, right? Yeah, they are both explorations of God's creation, and uh-huh. that's great. And but they answer different questions. Right, and where, I, and I think I've said this on the show before, but it, it bears repeating because it's, it, it's often something that, you know, is a part of, of modern, modern faith life, is that science and religion really just try to answer two separate questions, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One is how and one is why. Um, and as f- people of faith, we get in, we, where we get in trouble is when we start to enforce our views of how 
um, when what we really should be talking about is why, which is something that science can never answer, right? Yeah. And science gets in trouble, um, not necessarily when they talk about how, and they talk to me about how a cell works or, you know, um, how the universe rotates or whether it's, you know, expanding, what, the, what an expanding universe is, right? That's fine. Um, that's well within their wheelhouse, and they're far better, they have far better equipment than I do. Um, yeah, I don't, don't, don't ask me to design a Hubble Space Telescope, right? I have no idea. Um, but nor should you ask a scientist to write a sermon, right? Um, because fundamentally, my my quest is why. Um, the hows are interesting and descriptive. I love, you know, if I was better at math, I would have become a physicist, right? Um, I, I, I love science. I love learning the mechanisms of how things work. I, you know, I particularly loved, like, the science of, like, the, stru- the structure of the universe. Like, I love that stuff. Um but all that does is tell me how of the amazingness of God's creation, and it doesn't tell me anything. And I don't mean I don't necessarily mean scientifically, but it doesn't tell me anything that isn't here in Genesis one. Yeah. And what it means, what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, what Genesis one tells me is that God created an orderly universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and what science keeps proving to me is, yeah, it's ordered in such an amazing way. It's ordered in this way we can barely fathom. It's ordered in such it, it's such an amazing. But but like. To say that like science can disprove Genesis one, or that Genesis one can disprove science, uh, leaves misses the whole point. Is that they actually yeah. agree? They're not contradictions. They're not contradictions. They agree that God created an orderly universe. They may scientists actually they even kind of agree on order, not quite, but it's closer than you think it is yeah. um, in terms of the order of how things came about. Um, but so they may disagree on time frame. They may disagree on order. They may disagree mechanistically, but they both agree. Both science and religion agree. Where we intersect is that whatever created the universe, which we believe we believe to be as God, um, created it in this this order that is almost beyond human comprehension, which is definitely what the author of Genesis wants you to know about creation. Well, God is just a powerful God because I don't see anybody else taking a lump of dirt, putting it on a scientific desk and say, let me try to make man... I mean, they're trying. They haven't haven't managed it yet. They're cloning lambs and stuff. They have not been able to create something out of nothing, and that's the big difference. That's the big thing. But I thought about something on the way here. I thought, okay, God spoke everything into existence. Yes. But he took his own hand and made us in his own image. That's extra special. I found that extra special. Yeah. And see, this week's song is uh, God's Coloring Book. Yes, by Dolly Parton. But yeah, if you go down the highway and you see all the little detail of the flowers, uh, the mixture of colors on the flowers and the trees, I don't think man can even come close to creating that. I mean, a painter might, but he can't come against God. Well, then even what the painters and all them are doing is making an interpretation of right. what's already there. They, right. So they're just well, going from... But also, but also I think, to, to you know, stand up for artists a little bit, I mean, part of what, what an artist does is create. Yeah. And that's part of what it means to be created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Part of how we are, you know, as Brandy's pointing out, we have a special page in God's coloring book. I might use that line. We'll see. Um, we'll see how this sermons develop. But I kind of like, kind of like this line of God, our, our page in God's coloring book right. is that we are special because we have God-like abilities. Yeah. Less so, but if God is creator, right? That if one of God's key functions is creator, then we, as bearing the image of God, can create. We certainly can't create 
as marvelous a things as God can, um, but we certainly can create some things, um, whether it is, you know, I think we talked about this uh, when we talked about God as potter, right? And we're the clay. Yeah. We have some things like the potter, you know, we can create cities and we can create nations and we can create paintings and we can create, you know, I build live streaming systems, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, I build things in words. Um and that's part of how we're like God. That is part of how we have this special page in God's coloring book that's unlike anything else, that we have our own, that we as humans have our own carved out piece of the creation story where we, mat- all of creation matters, all of creation is important, all of creation um, is was cooked up in the mind of God, but only one part of creation was created in the image of God. And not that we, by looking at ourselves, can look you know, I don't. I don't want to get too deep into what does what does God look like. God looks like whatever God wants to look like. Right. Yeah. Don't right. think too hard about that. You'll hey, your head will explode. And it's not necessarily that we look like God. We look like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have things within us: the ability to create, the ability with God's help to love altruistically, um, the ability to care right beyond, um, and the ability to think beyond our. Um, beyond uh, I am hungry, um, I am sad, I am scared, right? Right. Um, That ability, that consciousness, right? That, you know, this is another place where, like, you know, science and religion begin to intersect and agree with one another is, like, there is something special about human consciousness. Mm -hmm. And even science cannot tell you what it is. They can tell you that humans have consciousness, but they can't tell you what it is or where it's rooted. Actually, the current thoughts is maybe that our brains access another dimension um, and that human consciousness is actually multidimensional thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we are actually, we may actually be gal- all galaxy brains. Right. right. Um, so I was going to say, you know, they were talking about this last night too, and uh, how many different like dimensions there are, like 11 dimensions and maybe beyond. Who knows? Who knows? So when, when we look and say God made us in his image and we try to, to, to look and think, okay, well, what does God look like? What well, God looks like everything. God looks like, I mean, who knows what they look like in another dimension. Right. You know, so I mean, like in my mind, I picture God like a, a, a shape, a form with many colors. And you know what we're talking about, the, the, the crayon uh, book. And... You know, that's just that's just the way I look at God. Is just he's a form. Sure, he's a spirit. Uh-huh. Sure, yeah. and uh-huh. he can make an image of anything he wants to make. Well, period. right, God. But I think thinking too hard about like I, we can go and we can see God. What does it mean to see the face of God? Right, even in the Old Testament, God is a presence. God is a wind. God is a. Uh, sitting on a mighty chariot with many eyes, right? right? Even in Revelation, right? It is often, it's clear that whatever's happening in the mind of John of Patmos um, is a lot. Um, it's just a lot. And so it is anytime anyone's tried to put down what God looks like, it is just incomprehension. It is too big. Right. You know, it, it's standing on the edge of the ocean looking out at the sea. Well, right. It is staring out through the Hubble Space Telescope, right? right. God is all of it. Well, you know, they uh, even, there's a, I'm uh, going, Scott. I'll just say there's a couple of good comments I wanted to add to it. Uh, one, artists do like to be unique, to try and be different, to think outside the box. Uh-huh. And God definitely does that. Yeah. And it says in Proverbs, says that there's nothing new under the sun. True. And so all these ideas and all, I think it comes from when we're thinking back to the coloring book and we're looking at this creation. God's created all these wonderful things. Now, when artists create, and they yeah. do create, they 
act upon having inspiration and yep. oftentimes the thing they create gives inspiration to others. Yes. And I think that was God's purpose. I mean, we look at all the things that he put into this world that he did it out of inspiration to show his love and who knows what all else. And yet how much of nature is consistently giving inspiration to poets. Right. To, you know, I think of you know, one of the coolest ones by, uh, um, I just went blank on his name, uh, Robert Frost. Sure. Where he talks about a, a prayer in a tree and saying, never seen a prayer as wonderful as a tree. You know, there's more to it, but it's that, that simplicity of yet how awesome and majestic it is. And that's what's going on. We, we look at all these things, and the reason there's nothing new under the sun is we're coming about with inspirations and ideas, but it's all coming off of what God has already placed out there and sent into the world. And so often it's just to give glory back to him, to bring right. us and help us realize there is so much order and this order that came out of chaos doesn't happen by accident. Well, right. And it is so like, there's such a narrow, one of the things that kind of looking at the life sciences and how does life come to be? And one of the things that they've realized is just how narrow a band it takes and why we don't see aliens principle, why we don't see aliens everywhere. Right. When there, there may be aliens out there. I I can't speak to that. I agree. It is a lot of ways. Come to my workplace. You'll find them. I mean, sure. (laughs) Uh, They come through Walmart all the time. No, but you know, so I, 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 so I do suspect there's alien life out there. Um, and may, and and they probably have their own relationship with God again, can't speak to it. right? Right. Um, but you, what we realized is it takes such a narrow band um, of possibility space for like there has to be some heat but not too much heat there has to be some water but not too much water mm-hmm. there has to be the right combination of minerals for the right kind of bonds to form um, and and so it is just shockingly unlikely um, for all of this to co- to just come to be Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this is a place where science and religion disagrees. Right. What science would say is, well, that's just, you know, sometimes random things happen. Well, and it depends on which scientists, because even right. within sure, the sure. science yeah, yeah. company. Uh-huh. But no, the kind of the, the generally accepted wisdom in life sciences, oh, that's just, you know, it's just random. And, you you know, uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day, um, mm-hmm. to which uh, for us as theologians, for us as people of faith, we understand that that is just an understanding of how special we are in the yeah. special place we bear um, in God's creation, that it is very rare um, to be created in the image of God. And so um, that also can be motivation for us to kind of understand um, our relationship with God, the mm. special place that we hold in God's heart. Um, and maybe that can motivate us also in how we live and how we interact mm-hmm. with God and others, right? So, so how what I really love, how to kind of sum it up, is uh, Kevin Smith summed it up best with dogma, where you know we always wondered what God looked like, and uh, it was Alanis Morissette. Sure, fair. <laughs> uh, but I'm not necessarily cool. sure that was fair to God, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we love Alanis. But it's one of those like, if we have this special place, and everyone else has this special place in God's heart, um, maybe we should treat all of God's <laughs> creation better. Right. Um, right. Whether it is how we treat our natural world, which humans don't always treat it well. Um, and we periodically have to bear the consequences for how we have mistreated God's creation. But mm-hmm. also when we mistreat people, we are mistreating God's creation. We are mistreating someone created in the image of God. Right. Um, there's a comment here in the chat. Uh, people like to invade others. Personal space are technically aliens. Uh, boldly going where other <laughs> others, others men shouldn't have gone before. Preach. <laughs> yeah. Preach. Good answer. 
<laughs> I can tell you one thing. Uh, God's got a hell of a color, uh, crayon box. You know? Sure. Right. More than 64 and, and, crayons. And, and you know, that is another another thing we haven't mentioned, but should be thrown out there, the diversity. Yeah. And just in the, uh, the, the colors of the creation of people, of how many different varieties there are of all humans who are also created in the image of God, every single one of us, which points to the diversity that God himself is. Well, but what's what's fascinating is all the diversity that we see is uh, from a 99.9% genetic similarity, right? right? There's only like, um, you know, one one thousandth, um, you know, we, we are only like, we are very, very, very genetically similar, right? There's yeah, well, very, very little genetic diversity. And yet... How different we are, and how beautiful God is. How beautiful we how beautifully reflect how the diverse nature of God. So, what is it like? Ninety-seven or ninety-eight percent of our DNA is also shared with bananas. Yeah, we're like ninety percent banana. We're like ninety-five. I did this in a sermon at one point, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're like ninety-five. We're like ninety percent banana, ninety-five percent house cat. Yeah, um, like ninety-nine yeah. percent chimpanzee, um, and ninety-nine point nine percent genetically similar um, to every other human. There is more genetic diversity in a single troop of chimpanzees <laughs> than there is in the entire human race. I just want y'all like people talking about. Oh, I don't know if Adam and Eve is real. I don't really care what your perspective on the reality how real Genesis Genesis 2 is or not but you are all incredibly related whether yeah. it is actually from one family or not is kind is in some ways irrelevant you are related and it makes so. total sense when you look at the fact I mean you, you'll totally get this uh, it's like Legos you yeah. have a certain amount of building blocks uh-huh. that was used to God used to create everything and look at all the varieties of yeah. things you build out of Legos yes exactly yeah but it is again there is um, there is real there's real artistry at work if only you'll look around and see it and that seems as good a place as any uh, to bring this show here in for a landing thank you so much uh, for joining us on another fun-filled edition of scripture talk uh, thank you Stacy uh, for being back with us mm-hmm. uh, we will be back uh, we don't know when yet it won't be next Monday or next Sunday uh, or next Sunday evening it might be next Sunday afternoon I have to be in Austin at 6 p.m. Um, next Sunday oh, so we're gonna have we're gonna have a production meeting immediately following this um, right. so look for us probably sometime next Sunday um, where we will be back uh, with another edition of Scripture Talk if you have Scripture feedback talk. for us thank you for those of us who joined us live sorry if there were some Zito related issues um, uh, E-Tex Fiber is making its way all over the place hopefully oh, soon come on baby hopefully soon uh, we will be on much better internet uh, but again if you have feedback uh, for us you can post it on our Facebook page uh, post, post it over on our YouTube channel uh, you can post it on our website site uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos you can email us gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com if you're looking for an audio only version of the show just search scripture talk by grace church in your pod catcher of choice and tune in next week at some point uh, for another edition uh-huh. go in peace love and serve the lord and fear not uh-huh. stay well god is with us now here we, we go Burn, baby, burn.